I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a f-ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f-ing houses for f-ing 10 years. All right, lads, so thankfully the inter county game at senior level is safe to continue, but there's been a bit of confusion about this. The GEA fixed their underage uh, fixtures, obviously with the under-21 or under-20 All-Ireland final this Saturday and loads of hurling and football underage games. But then it came out that the letter from Nefet to the government had only allowed uh, for senior inter-county games. And the government, I think, had got this one wrong and sent the message to the GEA. So where we are at now, um, Ger, is that the GA had to release a statement and they said, following clarification from the Department of Sport around the staging of inter-county fixtures, GA con- confirmed that as of midnight this evening, that was last night, um, all or Tuesday night, all minor under-21 games um, competitions are paused until further notice. The under-20 final uh, will not take place and they allowed... Um, they allowed some under-20 hurling fixtures that were fixed for that night um, to go ahead. So there we are. Um, people aren't happy about this, Ger. Yeah, teenagers are allowed to sit beside each other in school, but they're not allowed to play sport outdoors. Um, I suppose we are in a lockdown. What side of this are you coming down on? Oh, I, I, I feel awful for the players involved and, and, and the work that they would have put in over the during the lockdown and, and, and obviously getting themselves going after the club championship finished and Managements that are involved. If the GA had have had this statement on the Monday, uh, you would have been very confident that um, both counties would have been able to get their under 20, 20 panels uh, to play that final last night, even though there was a round of uh, Leinster hurling. I know the Dublin under 20 hurlers played uh, up in Antrim. They fulfilled the fixture. Um, lads delighted to play and wear their county jersey. And yeah, I'd be just good for the fellas, um, Woolly. 
At the same time, you could probably imagine the the, the meeting in, in in government buildings with Neffet, and there was probably a suite of 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 of, of sports and um, elite sports, amateur sports. Are we elite? Um, you've got you've got hockey, you've got AAL rugby, um, League of Ireland soccer, and it seems like they just said we can only pick a couple here. So yeah, and um, that's my. That's my thinking. If I was in the room, and you know, the bare mi- yeah, the bare minimum was allowed. Even golf has been uh, they've got rid of golf, the safest bloody one of all. I think I think yeah. they're just determined to push us all into our houses, and that's it. But look, Kieran McKeever's not happy about this, uh, Connor. Uh, Mark Poland isn't happy about this. Kieran is over the Armagh under seventeens. Mark Poland is is involved with the Down under seventeens. Kieran McKeever says this is bullshit. These players have been doing everything to the letter of the law this past five weeks to give themselves every chance of playing at this level and their parents have played a massive role also they're more at risk in school catching the virus than playing sports and mark poland said left under 17 training buzzing last night after a great session after seeing the morale and excitement amongst a group of young lads who were who were looking forward to representing their county in three days time can only imagine how they're feeling now you know when they spell out this kind of stuff connor this there was confusion around this this is probably where the most disappointment lies that the ga had fixed those fixtures for you know going forward yeah, and just uh, just to echo what kind of I was listening to uh, your show last your show last week with Kieran McKeever, and he was just kind of saying how, how you know how much of a breath of a fresh air it was to to be able to get players back in the pitch and how much they enjoyed it and and all that sort of stuff and to have that taken away from them is just as Jerry said you just feel so sorry for the players and for the for everybody involved but particularly for the players and the thing that the thing that's most annoying kind of for me about this is is the messaging really and. And we we we've we've come we've we've addressed this before. Like there was an issue with GA messaging before, but this is this is more on the government the government side of things. Like last week you you had Leo Varadkar saying, you know, maybe not for the first time going on a solo run and suggesting that the championship won't be go able to go ahead under level five, despite Netflix having made making provision for that. Then that would change on Monday night. You've no mention of it in the All Martin speech. Stephen Donnelly had to be asked about it. He says intercounty and he doesn't make any mention about distinction between, you know, senior or underage. And then on Tuesday, obviously, with a lot of questions being asked from the GA through no fault of their own, having to react to what happened the night before, having to say that underage isn't allowed after all. So yeah. I don't know. It's just it's it's the it's the confusion around the messaging that has kind of uh, annoyed me. And I think the less clarity and the more confusion to have, the the less buy-in you're going to you're going to get from the people involved. So it's yeah. like, like it's it's perfectly understandable how how Kieran and Mark feel, and especially how how all the players involved and. You know, you mentioned Galway and Dublin there. They were looking at an All-Ireland final this, this weekend and now that's been taken away from them as well. So just feel so sorry for them. For some reason, the GEA has been getting the boot put into it uh, big time since this. Uh, you're not on Twitter, Ger, but I'll give you an idea. Like, I mean, there's people attacking the GEA for the inter-county season continuing. The GEA are following Nefet, you know, advice. Nefet have allowed the GEA season to go through and the government have, yet the GEA is being, is being attacked and being told the GEA should do the right thing and call them off. Why would they call them off when the public health advice is to allow them? It doesn't really make sense. You're better off not being on Twitter, Jerry, because it's completely, um, it's completely toxic. The loud captain, Bevan Duffy, didn't really help matters. Um, the last day he was, he was saying after loud got absolutely humiliated, um, by Corp that there hasn't been any testing at all, which I can't get my head around. You know, and that got loads of headlines and loads of traction and, you know, more excuse to put the boot into the GEA, um, etc. And then I was I was looking at a clip for Mary Horgan. She's a professor and she's part of the GEA's COVID-19 advisory committee. She was on Off the Ball 
um, the other morning and she said routinely screening players without any symptoms is not currently something that we would recommend at all. If there's a if there's a case or a cluster, rapid testing would kick in at that time. So, like, I mean, you've got Bevan Duffy talking about something that he knows nothing about. Like, if, if a loud player tests positive, the GEA will pay for rapid tests for the entire loud squad, you know, and then... The, the 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 players deemed as close contacts will step out and isolate and everything, and that's the protocol. On the testing, Wally, and, and, and fucking, I know a lot of people have, have been tested at this stage. Um, I had a couple of sniffles about eight weeks ago. I just rang the GP. I recorded the um, half line in the morning. I I, I had my test by uh, ten to four the the Monday um, afternoon, and I had my results by five pm on the Tuesday. Uh, negative, uh, thankfully. But it was a very, very quick um, uh, system, I have to say. And from a, a GA point of view, like you say, guys are healthy, guys are fit. If, if there's a need to get the rapid testing done, well, that's why Mary Horgan was talking about that uh, rapid response that the, the GA uh, COVID advisory committee have, have set up. And from what I gather from the, the listening to one or two people, I know I'm expert when uh, David Fitzgerald's, um, uh, got his backroom staff himself and the Wexford players all tested with one or two of the fellas were showing symptoms. Yeah. All done and dusted in 24, 30, 30, 36 hours and off everyone went with their business. Um, in terms of the loud captain getting, getting his, his um, bit of a mention, I guess, in the media, unfortunately, there's just a, a quite a, what would you call it, a, a dramatisation of... of, of, of um, a lot of what the media do uh, says that ads who are doing a media show here. <laughs> but, but, but just the national media. Uh, like it's, I, oh, I find myself totally conflicted. I've been given out about the media. I'm completely aware of what you're saying here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the, the now this is only me probably being a bit smart, but like I, I, I seen the highlights of the of the court game and and uh, uh, be loud and and and, and look at. Maybe if the, the loud lads were, were, were maybe more concerned about um, doing things a bit better on the field, um, they might have come out of Park and Cueve with a, a bit of a better performance as opposed to focusing on uh, other things that, that are wrong. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's a bit of a side issue, you know. Yeah, and and Longford have given a walk over to Cork um, is another is another one this week. So Longford have said that this one is a dead rubber. Porrick Davis had said. It's absolutely not a dead rubber at all. Uh, the Longford County Board said the realism um, that we're not going to get promotion. We're not going to affect anyone getting promotion. So there was a decision to be made Monday evening that we're putting an expense and everything else on Cork by bringing them up this far. And for what? Like, Connor, there's so much wrong with that statement because, number one, um, they could get promotion. Now, Longford's chances of the promotion are probably a little bit slimmer, but Derry could get promotion based on results. Like if Down lost to Loud, yes, it, it, it's against the odds, but they lost at home to Loud last year. Derry would probably beat Offaly. And then you have a situation where if Longford beat Cork, who are already qualified, who would probably send up a, a, a second strength team, you know, potentially, that Longford could turn them over at home. The idea that they're worried about Cork travelling, that's Cork's decision to make, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it seems not long ago, Willie, we were, we were given out about communication from the Longford County Board about the situation that, that happened in the club, club championship and they haven't covered themselves in glory here either. I mean, the, the issue I have with that, so first of all, we're not going to affect anyone else getting promotion, right? So like, well, how long did you look into this for a start? You know, like, I mean, you've kind of outlined the odds there. It's going to, it's, it's a long shot. 
for you know the, the results to 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 affect it that let's say Derry might Derry might get promoted, but it's still a possibility. Yeah. So who who makes who makes Longford judge, jury, and executioner to be able to to you know make that decision? It's 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 not theirs. It's not theirs to make. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like we might get into the we might get into the Waterford situation a little later. Why why they're not sending the team to Antrim this weekend? But I would have far more sympathy with with their plight than I would with Longford. That they they seem well. You know, our, we we've decided that, that our interest in the league ended last weekend, so we're just we're just going to put into put an end to it here, and who cares what's going to happen to everybody else? Yeah, I did. You know what? I was even looking at that Waterford thing, and I don't want to give too much too much airtime to all these teams just deciding to pull out because I don't think I I don't know. I just think if we spend so much time talking about them, we're not talking about the bloody football. I just thought the Longford one was definitely interesting because it. It genuinely affects the division, and I would be livid if I was from Derry. I would be livid if I was a Derry player that these lads won't even, you know, you know, show enough respect to the competition. And if they lose to Cork, that's grand. And if Derry don't get promoted, but geez, at least fin- at least finished out. You're at home. You've pulled out of a home game. It's bizarre. It's preparation for the championship. I can't comprehend what Longford have done. Um, there's no doubt about that. There, uh, there's another bit of news around the protocols here, uh, Jared. that only captains are allowed li- lift the cup. So okay. it looks like we'll get into this Kerry game in a while. Like Kerry are going to be league, league winners this Saturday at 2 o'clock. And of course, this this match is on um, a day before Dublin and Galway. They're the three teams really that are in the shake-up to win Division 1. And Kerry could have it won um, on Saturday, which would be making the Dublin and Galway game a complete dead rubber, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, it's completely illogical. And I saw a good one on Twitter, Jerry. So you're missing out on Twitter sometimes, Jerry. You're, you're doing the right thing uh, most of the time. But a fella replied back to me and said that, why, why doesn't... Uh, if Kerry win the league on Saturday, the Dublin-Galway game is a dead rubber. Why don't the Dublin and Galway county boards put out their under-21s as senior teams and play the All-Ireland Under-21 final? on Because it's on, it's on TG Cahar at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Perfect. It, it's, it's, uh, it's clever outside of the box thinking, definitely, Wooly. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, no. it certainly is clever from, from, from whoever got back on it. You know, Galway and, and Dublin are senior teams. They're looking to get another decent game uh, of Winter County football, 70, well, 80 minutes as it tends to be these yeah. days uh, under their belt to, to, to kind of sharpen the axe a bit going into uh, championship football. Um, albeit um, Dublin probably won't get a, a, a proper game until maybe they, they face Mead or something like that in a in a possible uh, Lancer final or, 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 or further down into the All-Ireland series. But, um, no, just going back now, not to be going over some of the stuff you already said, like, you have to play the games and the integrity of the competitions are, are just thrown out uh, the window. It's the easier option to, to, to say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just not fair now and some of the lads and, and um, there's a risk here and a risk there. Like, we all know what the risks are and, I've listened to Mary Horgan a couple of times. Willie, she has talked about the risk-benefit analysis and and, uh, and the benefit of, of playing at the county football far outweighs the risks at the moment um, in terms of the societal benefits. In the same way that representing your county, um, leaving your house, doing your parents proud, putting on the jersey, albeit it's a Division 3 or 4 game, uh, which with uh, Bankford and... and um, who was it, sorry? Bankford uh, and Clark, yeah, yeah, Division 3, yeah. yeah. And Warford against Antrim, the Division Four, <clears throat> you have to fulfil the picture, uh, fixtures and 
for the for the pride of the whole thing. So it is definitely disappointing not to see those county boards put put the squads out. But um, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, the woman, that woman, uh, Professor Mary Horgan, she's brilliant. Like every time yeah. I hear her talking, like I mean, she's logical. She's not full of hyperbole and drama and everything. She just mm-hmm. breaks things down perfectly normally and go, yeah, there's no, there's no like. And then I suppose the media get hold of one thing and it'll because it's obviously driving huge amounts of traffic, dramatizing this. And then you have Mary Horgan who looks at it and goes. Well, well, that wouldn't really make much sense for us to test healthy players. And then you're thinking, Jesus, yeah, this isn't actually, you know, these yeah. these headlines from from Bevan Duffy are not the drama that is being forced on you by you know by a lot of the media. To um, to be honest, like just just got to go back to the to the captains lifting the cup, Connor. So David Clifford is the Kerry captain. So GA are obviously very concerned. You know, and rightly so because of the celebrations we saw from from the club county finals. Now, Kerry winning the league will not have, uh, you know, they won't be celebrating on the streets in Killarney. They can't get into a pub anyway, so I, don't, I can't see how they're going to be celebrating. But it's interesting. So David Clifford is the only player permitted to touch the cup. This is how serious the GE are taking all this, that as part of the protocols, it has to be left in the presentation area after it's lifted. So no, I suppose they can't do a lap of honour because no one's at the game. <laughs> like, I mean, the, that's the reality of it. But the, the, the point I'm making, Connor, is that the GE are taking all these things very, very seriously. And if players are casual contacts, they can't all lift the cup one after another. Yeah, and, and to be honest, Willie, that's probably on the back of, uh, let's say, whether the GAA is guilty of it or whether their individual clubs guilty of it or county boards, but maybe a laxness regarding protocols, you know, that, that, that happened in county finals and stuff, whether it was, you know, not, no, no social distancing in crowds and stuff, or whether it was, you know, players coming, you know, players' families coming onto the pitch when there was 200 supporters allowed. So I'd say they're, you know, they're very conscious of, 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 of having to put having to put the, the proper protocols in place for the inter-county game. And I'd say it's just more streamlined inform- streamlined operation in inter-county as well to, to make sure that there, there'll be no hitches and that, 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 that stuff like this, that protocols will be observed. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it is going to be a really weird one. I just like, what, what does, so does David Clifford, you know, send us, you know, some steps in the stand and tree and just lift it and have to leave it there? Do you know, like it's... it's, it's well, that a, is exactly what he's going to do, yeah. yeah. It's just another strange set of circumstances for, for very strange times, I suppose. But listen, it's like... You know, Kerry, there'll be a bigger picture for Kerry, I'm sure. So they, they, exactly. they probably won't worry too much about that. No, I don't think they, I don't think they will. We'll move on to football now, anyways, lads. I'm sick of talking about that uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, Carlo, the next uh, topic, Jer, the great entertainers. Who would have thought this? Carlo, two seventeen. Now, huge <laughs> score to run up. Um, what what I nearly fell off my chair when I saw Carlo two seventeen. Right, I've seen them put up decent scores before. Sligo two fifteen. What is going on with Carlo defence chair? What are you doing? You're destroying this <laughs> defensive system. See, I tell you, it, it was it was a very entertaining game, uh, Willie. And, and very, nobody at it. Yeah, well, nobody at it. I think <laughs> the Diego uh, stream went for the last five minutes. So. Um, we, we we didn't make the Sunday game, I think, because of that. But uh, um, no, we're just looking for the lads to go out and play, Willie, and 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 just to see what they were about and try to learn as much as we can uh, about different individuals and, and different positions. And it's a bit like lads studying for the leaving search. You're 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 cramming in as much information um, as you can in a short amount of time into the players, and then at the same time we're trying to make uh, decisions. Uh, fairly, fairly quickly based on limited contact time with the lads. But no, in fairness, now the the game itself was was 
it was it was hugely enjoyable. I know we won by two. We could have could have won by five. We also could have lost by five. But it was just an entertaining game, and uh, both teams were were evenly matched. But it was great spirit there on the show, um, which is. Uh, which is which, which which is what we all love to see when we're when we're kind of watching these games and that lads were delighted from both Sligo and Carlo to be representing their county and putting on the jersey and, and um and playing hard. Um so uh yeah, no, we're good to be up and running, I suppose, will you know? Yeah, you were five points down at one stage. Like I mean, usually for the last few years if Carlo were five points down, that's their whole the the system scrambles. And I'm not asking you to criticize uh, previous systems, you know, it got them to a decent, decent off level. But the fact that they were five points down and they were able to turn that around, you know what I mean, and score two seventeen. Paul Broderick obviously scored ten five from play. How did you get him back? The last I'd read about uh, Paul is that he was taking the year, taking the year out because of the the pandemic. Well, I suppose the pandemic is over now. Well, uh, I suppose now crew, Bully, uh, um, and and the local management, uh, Victor Doyle, and and from Raffili and Simon Ray, from Simon would have played, of course, from uh, Aero. Uh, the lads did chosen work in in, in um, getting invitations out to fellas to 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 come back into the, the squad, and I think we four weeks done with the team now, and the first two weeks we just ran trial games, and I think we had the good sixty players come in. Everybody was asked in once, Bully, and um, those who came in are obviously currently involved. And uh, um, it was a very quick whittling down process um, for this particular season. But uh, we were delighted with the, the number of blasts that actually came in. And, and fairness to Paul came in then as well. And he's he's been working hard on, on his game too. Um, uh, great to see him score those 10 points. But there's an awful lot of work done um, elsewhere on the field to kind of create those opportunities and then the lads are working hard for for one another um the five points down was a uh we also went down to 14 men as well with a, a black card for for 10 minutes in the second half uh but the last rallies um when you're not i suppose stuck to a, a particularly defensive structure and um, that does work quite well if you're keeping the game tight and there's only one in it maybe either way but then when you're down by a couple of points um, it can be difficult to break out of that structure, like you say, to to go and chase the game. But the way we kind of had the lads set up was was, was nearly man on man, and in some ways, well, you can just letting them play and and see what they were up to. So um, yeah, it was a funny game. Now, if you're watching it, like we we we, we uh, Sligo deserved to probably win uh, as much as Carlo did, but our our couple of guys just pushed on for the last. 10 minutes when we're down to 14 men and there's an extra bit of spirit there that probably got, got us over the line. Yeah, great stuff. So it's good to see Carla putting up scores and maybe, you know, going out and play. I'd say Paul Broderick cannot believe his luck not being covered by three men on the other side of the field waiting for hand pass and kind of, you know, routine to come up and get to him. Having said, he has played well under that system um, as well. Division four is wide open um, now, so I'm sure you'll be a little bit uh, disappointed with the start. Not your fault. Or I'm sure the Carlo players with the start they got because there's definitely a, a chance with everybody beating everyone um, to have gotten out of that um, division. Waterford, like Connor says, refusing to go to Antrim. So that puts Antrim on nine points. Wicklow play Wexford in the last round. They're the two top, uh, they're the top, two top teams. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, division um, fares out. I saw, uh, I saw, speaking of Wexford, I saw a tweet from Kieran Ling um, after the game, Connor. Um, and the, the tweet was, what a better uh, what better way to have made your 100 appearance to win the match, score a goal and make the GA team of the week. Congrats, Dahi Walters. Now, I'm not going to entertain the hashtag he put, off, put in after it because I don't want to get into that. I just thought it was interesting. Like, 
Dottie Walters was gone off the, off the panel under Paul Galvin. Paul Galvin leaves. Now Dottie Walters is back. And, you know, most people would agree, whatever issue Paul Galvin had with him, most people would agree Dottie Wal- Walters would have a lot to offer um, an inter-county setup. And it just kind of got me thinking about players down through the years that a new manager just doesn't fancy but still has a lot to offer. And I'm thinking of Davy Glennon. I know this is the football show and he's a hurler. He didn't make the Galway panel this year, so he's transferring to Westmead, uh, Connor. you know, just to keep playing. He's only 29. I don't really have a problem with that because it can be heartbreaking for players. I've seen it happen in Leash where the new manager comes in. He doesn't fancy it. He could be there for three years and you, you have nothing for three years. Yeah, and I'm sure Davy Glennon's got the indication that we've, like we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks, players that are maybe retiring and we thought it was a bit strange, but then we kind of looked into it and maybe thinking that these lads have had conversations with the managers and are fairly sure they're not going to be involved in their plans. So I'm sure that David Glennon is the same with that. And that, like, what a huge addition to Westmead if, if he's going to leave in Galway. I just, Die Waters one, like, we don't, like, it was strange last year, I thought, and leaving straight, no less stranger now when you hear of him putting in a performance like that. Like, he's been one of Wexford's best players for years. That was a stranger. And I was just, when you mentioned that, the players there that the, the players don't take a fancy to like in, in a Mayo context, it brings me back to uh to Connor Mortimer and James Horan's first yeah. year. Didn't fit in the way he wanted to go, so he was cut from the panel. And you know, that was very like that was very, very controversial at the time. You're talking about Mayo's all time leading scorer, but it kind of worked out for worked out for Mayo in the end. But the, yeah, there's a there's a few examples in that, and that's it's it's a strange one when 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 players just when managers don't take don't take to a player and sometimes they can do everything they can. They can be burning up in training. They can be playing well for the club. And it's just the manager has made up his mind and that's that. Well, that's the thing. And I think there was always one in leash under Mick O'Dwyer, Greg Ramsbottom, and he'd come to a trial match. He could score 110. And Mick just didn't fancy this fella at all. And he just never got in on the squad for the four years. And Conor Mortimer, like I'd have a lot of times for James Horan, but I, my, my heart went out to Conor Mortimer at that time because in Horan's first year, Conor had a few very good games. But whenever he wouldn't have a good game, he was just cast aside. Like Horan pretty much pushed the chap out. Like, you know what I mean? No matter what Mortimer did. Now, I know Mortimer ended up dropping off it and it looked bad for him, but he was probably at his wits end at that stage. Horan probably shouldn't have even picked him to begin with, you know? And like the big one then for Dublin um, was Eamon Fennell, Jerry, your club mate. Uh, yeah. Like Jim Gavin just... Eamon Fennell, I remember speaking to him at the gym in DCU and Eamon Fennell had, was telling me that, well, I, I know he's not he's not letting me in, uh, but I've my own, I'm after getting a personal trainer and I've my, I'm doing all, I'm after getting the exact training that they're doing and doing it on my own and I want to send in results. Like I could, I was blown away by how much this fellow was desperate to get into this squad. And I was like, maybe Gavin will see how serious he is, but <laughs> absolutely not. This just wasn't happening. It, 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 um, like it can be tough, like like uh, Connor said, when you're an established player, um, you you played in all Ireland finals, um, uh, not in the high wars case, but but you would have been involved. And I think you got to the all Ireland semi final under um, Jason Ryan a couple of years ago, Wexford. Um, it can be quite difficult. So, the way I mean, obviously saved my bacon in in, in the all Ireland 2011 final, um, and I ended up. Uh, Bumping into Kieran Donaghy and it was a throw up and Eamon got the flick. Um, and we went up and scored from it. And he obviously played a fair bit of 2012. And when Jim Gavin came in, he, he just made his, his decision. There were a couple of guys that, uh, unfortunately for Eamon, weren't, weren't in the mix. And obviously, no name or well, uh, I can certainly vouch to the um, above and beyond efforts that he uh, he put in to, to, to try to uh, push himself back into the. Um, uh, thoughts of Jim Gavin, but 
I suppose it just didn't happen. Uh, the All Ireland was won in twenty thirteen, and uh, there probably wasn't the need for 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 Jim to to uh, go back and look at um, what he may have left behind because the team had been successful, and obviously the rest is history now in terms of what Jim's achieved. So. Um, Dublin probably needed to perform uh, poorly under Jim Gavin in his first year or two yeah. uh, for, for Eamon to be given another nod. Yeah, no, that was probably it. But, um, before we get into the matches, lads, the AFL Grand Final is on this Saturday. Um, we have Zach Tuhi and we have Mark O'Connor um, in that. So best of luck to the two lads. They're the first two Irish players to play in the Grand Final since Ty Canelli in 2006. And they play for Geelong. Obviously, Zach was on the show uh, recently. Marks uh, from Dingle and would have been a brilliant Kerry player, only he left after captain in the minors to an All-Ireland. They're playing Richmond. Richmond beaten by 26 points in round 17. Apparently, Geelong are pretty inconsistent this season. They can be absolutely brilliant. They've all, like, they have a great chance of beating Richmond or they could, they, they could be a bit flat on the day. So best of luck to the two lads and anybody that wants to watch this um, it's Saturday morning. I'm not sure what channel, Connor. I think you watch these, do do you? Sometimes you find them on um oh what's what's the name? Is it Premier Sport or something like that? Um or it could be they they could even show them on BT, but uh if it like there, there's there's definitely a way, as Zach himself pointed out, if you want to watch it, there's there's definitely a way. We have internet back in Ireland, so <laughs> best of luck to, to Porto Lucia's uh Zach Tui in, in the final uh, this Yeah, yeah, that was a good video, all right. And we we're not going to encourage uh some sort of streams, but I'm sure yeah. if you mention yeah. Premier Sports and BT, I have neither. Yeah, so I mean Wally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Best of luck to the cats. Take it home, lads. Yeah, so we're at, like we were mentioning, lads, Kerry are most likely going to win the league on Saturday. Um, we'll start off briefly with their game. Like, I mean, Declan Bonner has says going down to Kerry is something we're looking forward to and it's going to give some of our lads an opportunity. And we'll be going down with a strong team looking for a performance that's going to get us a result. Now, reading between the lines there, when you hear a manager saying, Jer, our lad, or give some of our lads an opportunity. Do you know what I mean? This is a dead rubber for Donegal. Uh, they're playing Tyrone the following week. They, like, the reality is here, there'll be a few first-teamers that could do with the game. They'll play. But there'll be a lot of fellas in the five subs coming on that will that would benefit from a start, you know, better than some of the other ones. The point I'm making is Donegal won't be at full strength for this one. Yeah, you're dead right there. And it's, it's a game that could be a bit of a banana skin for Kerry. Um, they'll know what you just described there that it won't be a, a full strength Donegal team coming down but the guys who will be given a chance to, 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 to start um, they'll be trying to push their own agenda to try to get into a championship 26 and so they're going to come out um, with all guns blazing trying to trying to prove themselves and if, if, if Kerry are anyway uh, switched off or or feeling that this is going to be a bit of an easier game, they could get caught out. Um, I know it's unlikely, but 
it's 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 uh, you can, I've seen these things happen um, where, where 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 you're kind of expected to win playing against a, a weakened team, but um, no, it is it's it's a huge journey, obviously, and and, and fair play to Tony Gall for for going again um, and actually fulfilling the fixture and bringing down a team and uh, keeping the integrity of the competition going. Um, but uh, yeah, a great opportunity for those those fellas that mightn't necessarily be in the the top twenty. Um, or top 15 to, to show what they're about. Yeah, no, you make a decent point there about the sometimes those sec, those five subs that come on getting a the start, they'll be tearing all over the place. Kerry lads yeah. will be worse marking them than marking someone like Ryan McHugh who might be minding himself um, for the following week against Tyrone. But it's a perfect match for Kerry though. I don't think Kerry are going to be demotivated in any way, um, Connor. Like, I mean, it's, a, it's practically a league final for them at home. Um, they have a two-week break until the Cork game. It's a perfect tune-up game. I can imagine Kerry will not be doing what Donegal do. I can imagine Kerry will be playing the team they want to play against Cork and Peter Keane will be telling them, let's, let's, let's show me what you have in a championship context here. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, like it's not quite a dress rehearsal, obviously for championship, but it's against high quality opposition coming up against a, you know, a Cork have a lot of momentum behind them. I know they only have one game, but from earlier on in the year, so this is this is an ideal game for 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 Peter Keane to, as you said, it's 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 an ideal tune up for them to make sure that they're that they're operating at you know full power full power ahead of ahead of the Cork game in 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 a couple of weeks time, but. But that's it. But that's it. Like it, it, it's nearly the ideal. It's ideal for Kerry in that respect. And as Jared says, it's also ideal for Donegal in the other respect because Donegal didn't want to be coming down to Kerry with their, you know, with their Division One status on the line had they not lost to Tyrone last week. So they'd be a little more relaxed in one way that they've that you know secured. But at the same time, it's it's brilliant that you know Declan Bonner would be loving the fact that he has you know nine or ten fellas potentially coming in. That'll be, you know, putting it up to outside the certain starters in the Donegal team. That given, given the others something to think about. So, yeah, ideal. I just, uh, I think you might mention, but ideal. I just don't understand why it's at two o'clock on on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no, desperate altogether. It must be something to do with television. And you're right, Ker- Kerry are getting much better preparation for this Cork game. Cork hammered loud at home and then get a walkover. Like Kerry are getting, you know, a, a, a tricky one away to Monaghan, and they're getting Donegal at home. Like two perfect tune-up games for that championship. Anyways, we'll get. We'll get to that. I just want to talk a little bit about the Kerry team because we're going to talk about Dublin next and what Dublin could potentially change their team. Like Kerry's team against uh, Monaghan, the goalkeeper Ryan, Foley, Morley, O'Sullivan, their full-back line looks like it's actually settled and Paul Murphy right half-back. Two changes to their defence the last day was Peter Crowley who's back. Um, he was at centre-back and Gavin White has gone wing-back. Now, I don't know about you, Ger, but Gavin White, as far as I'm concerned, is a wing-back. He's a straight-line runner he run. He's as fast as a hare. He was supposed to be the man of the match up in Monaghan. He had a nightmare All Ireland final playing wing forward on Jack McCaffrey. You, like I've made the transition from wing back to wing forward. Like, but see, I was a diff. I would have been different player to Gavin in that I would have played in the forwards with my club. I wouldn't have been a straight line runner. Like he's he almost puts blinkers on and just goes straight for goals. Him playing with his back to goal you know, would be completely alien to him. He's a wing back and he's a huge weapon. And we see what a weapon Jack McCaffrey is from wing back who, you know, when he gets ahead of steam like that can break lines. Like I think Gavin White is a cert to start at left half back. And I think he will actually improve Kerry from launching some attacks from their half back line. No, I look at the fair summation of, 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 um, of Gavin White, Woolley. I remember watching the All-Ireland final last year and, Gavin getting cut out for for Jack's goal, um, 
when torture through the middle from I think Clucko one of his kickouts to the Hogan stand side. Um, it, it is different if you're used to playing facing the play. It is different when you're asked to go and play, um, kind of with your back to the opposition goal, um, in the half forward line, and and, and it does take an awful lot of time to uh, be able to work that transition in your head. But then, yeah, like White's pace, uh, his ability to break the line. Um, is something, and again, we've seen that. And I know you went through the, the, the games of the weekend and Monday show. We see the cornerbacks and halfbacks once they're able to break these defensive lines, turn opposition defenders running towards their own goal, getting them behind. It does create a bit of havoc, and I think that would be a good platform for, for Kerry to be able to do that. But they, they the way they're playing, Kerry, like uh, they do have an awful lot of pace um, around around uh, the whole squad. They'll have a lot of confidence um, from getting to an all Ireland final and, and pushing uh, a Dublin team particularly close. And then they're in a position now to win to win the National League. So a lot of these lads are only getting better the whole time. And they're all fairly comfortable in possession. And there is still a lot of places up for, up for grabs. And, and, and um, you know, there's four or five fellas coming in from the last day, all been given uh, good game time for Kerry. So, so it, it, it'll be like I think Connor said a couple of moments ago. Um, Kerry will be looking to to, to get a good championship uh, intensity out of this game, uh, albeit against the weekend uh, Donegal side, and, and for fellas again to put their hands up and to nail down the pace for 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 Cork in two weeks, and uh, it's uh, it should be an exciting game. Yeah, no, I think this one. And look, listen, I could be wrong on this, but I'd say Kerry um, are bankers to win to win this one, which obviously turns Dublin and and Galway into a dead rubber. Now, I don't know, Jerry. Do you think Desi Farrell will be too disappointed about that? He really needs um, he really needs some games because you have a situation where he was saying. He was saying after the Mead game, he says, tonight was a benchmark. We hadn't any competitive games, any challenge games leading up to tonight. A couple of internal games just. Like, I mean, I was kind of surprised um, a little bit at that. I know Dublin's internal games um, are very competitive. But, like, I mean, you've, you've got a situation where Desi just needs a good hard game rather than winning. Like, you know, winning something is a bonus. Yeah, he... he... Like, it's all about winning championships. Let's be honest. And and uh, I know we talked before um, when when Desi was appointed. Like um, I'm not saying that it's a poison chalice, but how do you do any better than what was done before you? Yeah. And, and it says a lot about the man that he actually did came, come in and, and and take the role after the five in a row, uh, five in a row that was won. Yeah, he'd have been, he'd have been better off David Moyes taking that job for a year, and then Desi could come in after him. Yeah, <laughs> no. In fairness, the, the the team that played the weekend against me, um, a lot of a lot of kind of new faces in into the squad. Um, some of them I'd be obviously usually familiar with from the Dublin club scene, and he is trying a couple of players. Um, I don't think it was the strongest team. That's just uh, uh, would be my own view. But at the same time, he is looking to see what lads are made of, and the game the weekend. Like there's nothing beat actually playing a match, and that's where you learn most about your players and about your selection and everything else. And that it's not uh, a game of, of of meaning in terms of uh, winning the league or or staying up from um, relegation. I don't think that matters too much uh, to Debbie and to the lads. They'll be looking to get as many things right as as possible before they they come into the Leinster Championship and. 
Again, they're also in a fortunate position, Dublin, that the way uh, the Leinster Championship just hasn't been as strong for the last decade and a half. Yeah. Um, that he has another two, certainly, um, games to try and get things right before they get to a Leinster final or an All-Ireland uh, semi-final. Yeah, no, he definitely does. Like, I mean, Kildare and Mead are at a decent level. Like, Dublin would, wouldn't yeah. want to be sleepwalking in. I think Kildare are better than Mead. Um, personally, I think I, I keep backing Kildare and I keep backing these Armagh teams and they're not making the step up that I was hoping, but I'm sticking to them because I'm too stubborn to stop, uh, to stop, uh, or to change my, to change my opinion of them. Um, I saw Oshie McConville saying he was on the examiner. Uh, podcast, I think. I just saw an article in the Examiner, uh, Connor, and he says, I think, I think, um, again, there's too much of a rush to judge a team based on a bloody league game after coming off a seven month layoff. And as Desi said, hadn't any competitive games done, but Ushin is reading into it. So he says, I think if they're going one on one defending against Kerry the way they defended on Saturday, I think Kerry would absolutely rip them apart. And I watched Donegal and they would do the exact same thing. They're going to have to come up with some sort of a plan. I was just looking at that quote, like, and I mean, Oshie McConville's an excellent pundit. It was like, they went man to man against Kerry last year in the other final and beat them. Like, I mean, that's the way Kerry and Dublin will leave you one-on-ones at the back and they'll just back themselves to outscore you. Like, I mean, I don't know, Connor. I just thought that that was a really weird thing to say. Number one, they'll defend, like, this was uh, the first game back against Mead in that context. And number two, they have proven in much harder games that they can handle Kerry in, in an all the final twice, you know, or maybe not, maybe, be, maybe not handle their forwards, but their own forwards be able to outscore the Kerry forwards. No, absolutely. Like we've we've seen the evidence there in the last couple of years with with both against Kerry and against Mayo, when 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 teams were happy to go toe to toe with Dublin, Dublin were happy to go toe to toe with them, and they invariably ended up on top. So like there's there's like like Dublin will have no Dublin will have no issue doing that again. Strange comment just in the back of like he made some very good points on Monday about the games on Monday about them being how how hard it is to read anything into them on the back of there being a seven month break. And that, like, I, I'd even read less into that because, as Desi Farrell said, if if we take him at his word that they haven't had any challenge games in any sort of competitive games whatsoever, so you can only read so much into you can only read so much into what like the Dublin's game against me the last day. And as Jerry hinted at, I think Desi would have been maybe looking to see outside of his like he, he maybe four or five fellas starting that that wouldn't be traditionally starting. So how how are these lads going to shape up? Are they going to be ready to be thrown into to Leinster Championship against Kildare and Mead? But like. I wouldn't. Not only would I be not worrying about Dublin's ability to go man on man against the likes of Kerry, I'd also be confident of Desi Farrell's ability to come up with some sort of plan. If you know to try and if if man on man wasn't working or, or was working in Kerry's favour, and I think you have to give Dublin far more. You have to go on far more evidence than one game against me to see what Dublin are going to be like later on in the year. Yeah, exactly. The problem is trying to analyse what Desi's trying to do with them, Gerald. Like we've, like Connor said, definitely wouldn't be judging him against me. Wouldn't be judging him on the first few league games. But from what the first few league games and the Mead game, I don't know. Without having watched tapes back and watched them too closely, you don't see any huge stamp of his that that has been different like I don't know from watching him I can I'm only speculating completely here it's like Desi went in and said lads do you know the way you were the way you were playing under Jim Gavin can you keep doing that can you just kind of continue that on keep on winning yeah 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 Um, keep on winning but look at it it's a it's a winning formula yeah Um, and 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 obviously you need the right ingredients uh, to be able to bring it about which Dublin have, have just had in abundance for the last while and 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 Desi isn't um, arrogant 
or stupid enough to go away from everything that was good about how Jim Gavin set up the squad. So I, I think if you can integrate a couple of players, new players into that system, it brings just a bit of freshness and competition to the squad. Um, and I think that would be probably one of the, the areas he, he would be looking to kind of strengthen is is to not necessarily go away from a winning formula, but if you can find other people that can go in and do and perform those roles, it just brings about a new energy to the whole place because, again, how the lads have managed to keep it going for, for, for so many years and, um, and, and to keep themselves motivated is, is, is a huge achievement. But when you do bring in fresh players, um, it just kind of lifts the whole the whole thing. And I'd say that's probably all we're going to see from Dublin this year. Woolly would, would would be an introduction of a couple of new players into the setup to kind of freshen it up. But um, it's a win- it's a winning formula. Like in the same way, Kerry and and, and, and Mayo over the years, um, the great games with Dublin, you know, the blueprint that both Kerry and, and Mayo have is 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 a, is a blueprint to to beat the way Dublin have played. Uh, but they just haven't again had the, enough of the right ingredients or, or or experience to be able to get them over the line. Um, so that's how I would see Dublin going this year, will he? But yeah, but dude, like I mean, I know the fresh faces, but as far as I can see, the fresh faces will be in the squad rather than the team. Because look, look at this, look at this forward line: like Niall Scully, Kieran Kilkenny, uh, Brian Howard, uh, Mannion, uh, Khan, and Dean Rock. No, it, there's nobody breaking in there. Like as far as I'm concerned, and then if you it, it depending on where to play James McCarthy, there could be a couple of spaces in the defence potentially opening up, especially with Jack McCaffrey gone. You've say if you're Fenton and McCarthy in midfield, for example, now you have a space or two in the backs. Like is Robert McDade going to get in wing back? You know, as a replacement with Jack McCaffrey, he's very fast, but like it wouldn't be from the couple of games I've seen him, the Dublin County final and the mead match, wouldn't be a patch on Jack. Yeah, well, look at Jack. Jack, Jack is obviously just a, a super one of the greats. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, one of the greats. So, so no one's going to uh, uh, get close to, to Jack. Uh, Robbie would have been in UCD with us as well. One of Sigerson Woolley and uh, lovely fella, solid fella, extremely committed. Um, he he he'd be pushing hard to get in there. I don't know if he if he if he's going to make it. Um, when you're getting to the latter stages of a championship in Crow Park. But uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but where there are a couple of options is certainly one at midfield and and uh, probably two in the defence, depending on as you, as you mentioned where James Car- McCarthy plays. Yeah. Um, and I'd say a lot of the players will know that. At the same time, the six forwards you mentioned, fellas, pick up knocks. Uh, watching 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 the game, Dean is obviously flying again, and and, and Kieran Kilkenny is, is as busy as ever, and and Con chipping in with his couple of points and looking fairly comfortable and moving well. Um, unless these lads pick up uh, significant knocks, that probably is going to be your 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 six forwards or a version of it. Um, so yeah, maybe a couple of extra faces midfield, and then and then the half back or maybe a full back line. Yeah, I see. Uh, Brian Howard has a new look. Some some beard he has. It thought he looked uh, Latino or something with that beard. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you've any comments on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brian probably was feeling a bit lazy in the lockdown. I say, um, <laughs> but it looked dark. It looked yeah. much dark. It looked much darker than his actual hair color. It was like it was black or something. He had a dyed. He could have been using his, 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 his grandfather's shoe polish or something. Like that. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. He looked oh, like 
it looked like a chimney sweep maybe or something uh Connor, where do you where do you see like you see you have one merchant then to come into into the backs you have davy byrne you've fitzsimons you've john small johnny cooper all bankers uh, merchant to come in there's potentially i think one position in the backs up for grabs and that's if james mccarthy uh plays a mid plays a midfield I, I don't know i'm trying to think of the challenges for desi is to keep obviously one, one huge one is is not allowing dublin switch off mentally when the five in a row is done you know i suppose that's that's the big one for desi i think challenging these lads mentally what's going to get these lads switched on what's going to get inside their heads this year to keep these lads as focused as they clearly were you know on the drive for five that's a big one willie to be honest but like the, the only thing that might help that is the the fact that like it's a it's a shortened season, so you won't be mentally worn down from you know a season that might normally last from February through to the end of September. Yeah. You just have to give it your all for you know the six weeks or the, or the eight months, and it's it's easier to maintain focus for that for that period of time. Let's say, but I was just looking like even looking at the team the last day, it looks to me that that Howard might come in alongside uh, Fenton in midfield, James McCarthy go back to the half half back line, then you're getting a familiar look. I'm just thinking like our like with Jack gone and with with Jim McConnell gone as well. Um, is the firepower that Dublin are going to be able to bring on from the bench as kind of strong as it's been in recent years, and it's been a huge, it's it's been a huge kind of boost for them as well. Yeah. Like, like Paddy Small started the last day, like on the back of the club championship, I would have thought that like he's he's kind of a one of the prime candidates to start. But I've watched Dublin come to the club championship for a few years, and I would have said the same of Colin Basquell, and he he hasn't quite been able to kind of kind of make his imprint because the Dublin the Dublin panel is so strong. But I don't I don't know. That's the like just going back to what Jerry was saying earlier, you'd want a massive ego, and Desi Farrell obviously obviously doesn't have one to come in and think that you're going to put it, you know, do something completely different. Yeah, put a Desi Farrell stamp on this team that would be different from a team that's probably going to go down as the greatest of all time. It's just won five five in a row. So listen, like that's my my one concern, and it wouldn't be a concern because I hope Dublin are slightly weakened, but with maybe that their bench mightn't be as strong this year with a couple of retirements and with a couple of guys, lads gone off the panel that it has been the last few years. Yeah, but they have won all Ireland without Jack and Dermot, uh before. What did you make of the Connolly, uh, the Connolly retirement, Chair? Have you spoken to him? I I haven't spoken to him since club championship. Woolly finished up. Uh, as far as I knew, he 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 was going for it again. And 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 Connor's point of the shortened season was 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 probably something that uh, was suiting Dermot and and um, could suit Dublin as well. Um, so I I actually don't know. He he, he keeps himself to himself, will he? Uh, does Dermot and um, he 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 may have just woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm happy enough, and um, I don't have the uh, the motivation to, to to go and do it again. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for everything, and then the I concentrate on the club for the latter part of his career. So yeah. thirty three. Um, he he put an awful lot of work into Dublin during his career, and. He's obviously had a funny couple of couple of years, kind of on and off the field, and and um, trying to trying to trying to get his head right again to get the best out of himself. But um, into county football and playing for Dublin is a huge commitment, and and then players with Dermot's ability are kind of enigmas in in some ways, and and um, uh, they attract so much attention, good, bad, and indifference, um, and a lot of it is, is kind of just un, unwelcome <laughs> attention to the type of person that Dermot is. Um, so I'd say yeah he, he probably just woke up and said yeah I'm happy with my loss and um, thanks for everything and, and um, 
the luck. It's, it's probably as clinical as that. Do you, th- do you think there could have been a conversation with Desi where Desi would have said, look, Dermot, I need that, uh, you know, impact sub role. And Dermot's like, ah, Jesus, I've, you know, I've done that last year. You know, or could there, do you think a conversation like that might have happened? Or you, your instinct is that maybe he just woke up one day and said, ah, and I don't really fancy it. Ah, well, well, Desi, I, I would be surprised if he said that we, we're looking at you for that impact role. Um, I, I would have said uh, all, all, all uh, bets were on the table in terms of if you're, if you're in good form and you're moving well, you're going to be in. Yeah. Start. Um, and uh, Daisy would want everyone involved uh, playing. And I suppose when, when the more when we've all finished their own kind of careers, when the bit of motivation kind of goes, um, you have to go. Um, you have to step away. And those and Daisy's point of view if if he, if he has to coerce too much a guy to remain in in a panel um that's not the right thing to do for the team either and you have to let the man off and um focus on on the guys who are still uh, in the headspace and um looking to progress on you know yeah so does he hang around with the club lads uh, Dermot, or does he ha- would he have his own mates outside of football oh yeah no checking the Vinny's lads we, we would be fairly tight now so he probably with a couple of lads are alright yeah all right, okay. So I was just, I was just wondering, does he have like another kind of life outside of the game that he, you know what I mean? He tries to stay away from it when he's not playing. Yeah, uh, no, he 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 be he be he be a toy group, uh, the same Vincent's bully, and and you know yourself over the years coming to big games where family members and fellas and work are wishing you well. Um, they nearly take up a lot of energy from you. So if you keep things tight with fellas who actually know football or are part of the team. Well, then there's actually zero football talk nearly goes on a lot of the time. And you feel yeah, like true. Happy, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because nobody actually wants to talk about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, either. <laughs> that's a good point. If your friend's outside the game, you're being tortured by it. What's going on in there? Uh, who do you sit beside in the bus? Yeah, no, it's true. The the other the other big one, Connor, which interests you is the relegation battle, Mayo and Tyrone. Like I mean, Mayo giving themselves a great chance. I fancied them uh to beat Tyrone. Obviously, um it'll be a, a, a difficult one, a completely different game against Tyrone. We saw how Donegal handled Tyrone. It's to kind of slow everything down, you know, play on the outside, try and pick out a pass. Not the greatest to watch, not gonna have you on the edge of your seat. You find yourself flicking through your phone for periods of time um, when when those games are on. It'll be interesting to see how Mayo's more much high tempo, um, you know, injecting pace into the game, trying to get the ball forward as fast as possible. How that works against Tyrone, it'll be a very good clash of styles. Having watched how Donegal deal with it and how Mayo will deal with it. Yeah, it's it's going to be night and day compared to the last day, um, Wooly, and I think Mayo are going to have to be very. I think Mayo are going to have to be very patient. Like Tyrone have had a couple of good results down in um, down in Castlebar in the last couple of years. They gave us hiding a couple of years ago, playing that very kind of patient defensive system. Mayo got Mayo got a bit restless, got a bit of ahead of themselves, left a lot of gaps at the back, and and were punished for it. So I, I would imagine that Mickey Hart is going to be looking to play something similar, especially having watched. I mean, if you if you watch Mayo the last day, the, the one thing you're thinking, and he brought this up on Monday, is well, deny them, deny their half-backs and their, their attacking backs the oxygen of, of being able to run into space, uh, denying Mark Moran at, at centre-forward um, the amount of possession that he got. And then just coming up with, I'm sure they'll have a plan in place to to try and to try and um, stymie the ball coming in Jaden O'Shea and when it does come in to, to break it down too. But I just I just think off the, like Mayo seem to be playing with um, a lot of confidence, like huge confidence, obviously the last day, 
again, it was against a poor Galway side and you can't read too, too much into it. But the young fellas that, that did play well, Leon McLaughlin, Mark Moore, and I mentioned already, Oshin Mullen, they've still got huge confidence from 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 their performance and, and wanting to carry that momentum into the championship. So just on the back of, I wasn't too impressed with Tyrone on, on Sunday either. And just on the back of that, I would fancy Mayo to get over the line, but like by by a couple of points, I think because there's so much because there's so much at stake. Yeah, it'll be an, it'll definitely be an interesting one. Div, division two, as we know, is a very exciting division. Um, at the bottom, I'll start with first. If Leach beat Fermanagh, um, they should stay up because you'd be fancying Armagh to beat Clare. Although you wouldn't be putting too much money on Armagh um, these days. You know, the, sometimes Armagh can let you down. It's between Leach and Fermanagh and Clare to see who goes to see see who goes down. No, it's between Leach and Clare to see who goes down. Fermanagh are gone down. Um, after losing last weekend. At the top, it's a little bit more interesting because Roscommon have had a positive case. So there was a, a, a statement released by the Roscommon County Board and it says members of the panel that are close contacts are isolating. Um, so we don't know how many that are, there are there, lads. You know, like, I mean, you'd probably have fancied Roscommon, but this could be three players, it could be four players, it could be five players, depending if they're coming in a car or I'm not too sure... You know what deems them close contacts. I thought traveling to training um, probably would, which would mean there wouldn't be all all that many um, uh, close contacts. So we'll have to see what happens there. You'd imagine Fermanagh or Roscommon are true. There was a really interesting one, but even Westmead, if the beat Kildare can get up there and get promoted, if Armagh don't beat Clare. So there's loads to play for in Division Two. But there was one comment by Mickey Graham which I thought was very interesting. They're obviously playing Roscommon and. He said um, he was talking about getting promoted. And just in a bit of context to this quote, of the 10 teams that were promoted to Division 2 between uh, 2015 and 2019, six of them, Down, Cavan twice, Kildare, Roscommon and Mead have all immediately been relegated back down. Um, And probably based on that, Mickey Graham said, at this moment in time, Cavan have a lot of young lads coming through. And you saw against Kildare last weekend, we had a lot of debutants. So if we could stay where we are, our goal at the beginning of the year was to maintain Division 2 status. If we we achieve that goal, we can give the younger lads more game time in Division 2. Whereas in Division 1, you're coming up against the best teams in the country. And sometimes it's a big ask for young lads to come in at that level I thought it was a classic for Mickey Graham classic honesty Ger considering that's exactly how I would be talking like I mean maybe for somebody um, you know a team maybe like Mead who haven't been there for so long looking to get up and test themselves they wanted to get in there Cavan have been there they know what it's like they want to try out a few young lads and ah we're alright in Division 2 here yeah it, it, fair play to him it is, it is fairly honest and it, 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 you, you can see where he's coming from. Um, I don't know. Uh, for me, uh, the sooner you get up there and, and, and experience what it's like at the top table, the the, the better you are able to um, understand as a player the required intensity um, that you you uh, experience in these big games, the physicality and the relentlessness of of Division One, and, and and particularly the decision making is, is something that. I would say is a big part between some of the teams in Division One, Two, and then the, the lower tiers. But uh, yeah, look at uh, if they were to go up, they, are you are are you taking a bet that they're one of the teams to come down in in twenty twenty one? Yeah, you would probably take that bet. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, you have to be playing against the better teams week in week out, and that's the only way that you'll ever improve your chances of. Uh, uh, winning provincial titles or, or or getting to the latter stages of All-Ireland uh, series, you know? 
Yeah, no, you're right. I think it it depends on where the trajectory of the team is at or where the development of the team is at, you know. But I definitely don't agree that every team is desperate to get into Division 1. Not all the time, you know. It depends on where where they're at. So it is an honest uh, comment, definitely, from... Certainly very honest, all right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Division three, lads, there's not much happening. Down have got promoted without kicking a without kicking the ball. Like I mean, they're 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 done based on uh, a walkover last week and Longford's walkover uh against Cork. So they're laughing. Um there's only a bit of excitement in division three down at the very bottom. Um Leitrim play Tipperary. You'd have to fancy Tipperary strongly there at that stage. And to be honest, I wouldn't feel I wouldn't be shedding any tears from Leitrim. They didn't even fulfil the fixture. Um, last week, um, I would say they'll just be back in Division 4 after getting beaten by Tipperary. And I don't think too many people would feel too sorry for them. They tried so long to get out of Division 4, to get up into Division 3, and they don't bother uh, sending a team up for a Division 3 game. So look, I won't be shedding too many tears for Leitrim um, when they go back down. Loud um, are gone back down. Their captain's worried about testing. I don't know. So like, I mean, Leitrim and Loud um, are the two being uh, relegated from Division 3. And we've mentioned Division 4, lads. So that's it. Um, last round of league games. And uh, the following Thursday, we'll be looking forward to the championship, Ger. Great stuff. Yeah, and it's very exciting in fairness. And... and uh... I think it's very important, Wally, like yourself and lads who are in the media, that we continue to give a positive outlook of, of, of the importance of, of Gaelic football and hurling uh, for uh, society as a whole and the talking points that it brings about, uh, the excitement that it brings about, the stagging that it brings about. Um, I think it's far too easy just to say, oh, we can't have this, we can't have this. Um, I think we have to keep a positive agenda. Uh, COVID is not going away anytime soon. Um, we're going to have to learn to live with it. Um, I think there'll be moments of level four and five over the next probably four or five months until we actually get a, a vaccine sorted. But people are just going to have to be positive and go on with it and, uh, and see the value that inter-county football and hurling brings to the brings to the whole country. Amen to that. Right. Okay. We'll talk to you on Monday. Good luck. Yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a f***ing shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.